0: The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of pup talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy, and as always, go Canucks, go.
1: It's been a wonderful season so far for the Vancouver Canucks, but you know what? You haven't seen anything yet. We're we'll starving for some hockey, and you know what that means, Kyle? Let the games begin. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
0: every day.
1: Okay, I got that frog out of my throat. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Welcome to Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host of Locked On Canucks and also a Canucks writer for Daily Hive Vancouver. Before we dive into the show, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks because it is your team every day. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Coming up on today's episode, 30 minutes of talking about the All-Star game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) On today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks and the schedule, okay? The schedule makers, okay? The Vancouver Canucks have had one of the easiest schedules in the NHL. Whoa, the come on, remaining. Trapper! We got to talk about on, that dude. today, okay? The road ahead. Uh, there's some good and some bad uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. I uh, also want to talk about the new look lines, okay? You know, Patrick Alvine said it publicly. He sees Elias Lenholm and Elias Pettersson playing together. Uh, we'll tell you what the new lines look like, and uh, you know what our suggestions would be uh, for the Canucks moving forward. And then finally, uh, I'm going to shout out a Cam Neely. Former Canuck of the week. Before I do any of that, I got to introduce my co-host, the guy who loves hot dogs more than Phil Kessel. Kyle Bowen, how
0: you doing, brother? Nothing better than a long wiener, man. Straight up. That's Mm. what my dad told me. Anyways, Locked on Canucks, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. The schedule, man. We're talking about the schedule. We're also talking about the fact that Trevor Beggs is coming out the gate Darker than ever. How can you say the Canucks have had it easy when they played the most games? They played a lot of road games. They've had the most pressure on them, okay, to start the season off, and they've done their thing, okay. They haven't had it easy. In retrospect, though, I think we can say those things. And I guess when the narrative is so physically changed, because I feel as if prior to this, you know, all all of us unlocked on Canucks. Well, I guess some of us unlocked on Canucks. You know, we've been talking about the Stanley Cup and things changing and the expectations changing. But, hey, when you make a trade, the biggest trade a team can make at the deadline, well, not the deadline, prior to the All-Star break, you kind of force the narrative to change, and then you kind of force the rest of the league to analytically dive into what the Canucks have been doing this season. And I guess when you do that, you can say that this first-place team has had an easy start based on the opponents they have played. But remember, guys, the team had the most pressure on them early on. I'm going to give this team all the credits. I'm like, I'm going to give them yeah. an A plus. Okay. And I, I'm actually going to reset the season now. Is that, is that too harsh for me? Like I'm already forgetting about the first 49 games and that's because of the League of Slendome trade. Anyways, continue. Talk about the schedule coming up.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, buddy. And that's uh, why I love having you as my co-host Cause I don't, I don't know if uh, you, you think of all these things quickly, but you just, you just spit them out. Yeah. Um, the Canucks, I, I, again, Based on a couple sites I look at, and you know my my friends over at Power Rankings Guru would be one of them. The Canucks have had the third easiest schedule in the league so far this season. Only the Colorado Avalanche and the Boston Bruins have had tougher schedules. So when I look at the schedule remaining, or easier schedules, couple...
0: easier schedules like the Boston and Colorado. Have yes, sorry,
1: they've had easier schedules than the okay. Vancouver Canucks so far. So the Canucks again have the third easiest schedule in the NHL. Um, when you look at the games remaining. You look at a couple different sites out there, and the Canucks have, you know, the fifth hardest or the sixth hardest schedule remaining. And really, it looks like they have, you know, no matter what platform we looked at, they have the toughest schedule remaining among any Western Conference opponent, okay? So, again, you know, the Canucks have built themselves a nice cushion. That's what good teams do. They build themselves nice cushions. um But, Kyle, to your point about starting off strong and how much pressure the team was under, I think is a fantastic point because yeah. you look at the first six, seven games of the season. And obviously that lost to Philly, that lost to Tampa, but really over their first seven games, I think they played nothing but playoff teams aside from uh, the Predators who are on the cusp right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. But until they played the sharks, like their entire October schedule was against teams either in the playoffs or teams like right on the cusp of the playoffs, with the Predators being that only one who's not currently in the playoffs right now. So it wasn't the easiest schedule off the gates, they, you know, they obviously they smoked the Edmonton Oilers. They won a five-game road trip where, you know, we learned quite a bit about this team early on, their their resiliency. Um, but yeah, there were some cupcake games there in November and December. Again, they were kind of win one, lose one. They're beating bad teams, not so good against the good teams. So um Man. there were some things to take away. I, I will say one more thing, though, about the connect schedule so far this season because it's easiest to say, oh, watch out. The Canucks haven't proven anything, by the way. The players just said that themselves, too, so that's kind of why we wanted to title our episode this. Um, but I did the math on this, Kyle. So against teams that are top 12 in the NHL right now, uh, the Canucks being one of them, there's 11 uh, underneath them, the Canucks have gone 10-4-2 and two against the top mm-hmm. teams in the NHL this season. So it's a pretty damn good record. So it's not necessarily yeah. that they've just been beating up on bad teams. Again, they had that kind of mediocre stretch, but... When it comes to playing tough competition, so far the Canucks have proven that they can hang.
0: Yeah, man. And it's a testament to the magic that is taking place in Vancouver. I think there's a lot of us, whether it be the fans or against skeptics across the league, that still associate a lot of luck with what's going on right now. But I don't know. I don't know about you, but I feel as if I've barely heard about the PDO thing in the past 20 games. You know what I'm saying? This team is not lucky. In fact, the only time they will be truly lucky this season is in June because you need to be a little lucky to win the Stanley Cup. Nonetheless, uh, I think the Vancouver Canucks, again, the script is different. It's rewritten. Uh, the narrative has changed. And uh, I'm sorry to everyone in that dressing room. I'm, so- I'm sorry to the fans too. Maybe I'm uh, jumping the gun and not living the moment, but um, I've already gotten over, again, the first 49 games of the season. I- I'm-, I'm ready for what's next, okay? I'm ready for more games against the Na- the Golden Knights, the Kings I'm even looking forward to Carolina and Boston off the gate a two games against Boston yeah. another rematch against Colorado I'm excited for it I think this team is excited for it and this is another reason why you want to make this Elias Lindholm trade this early into the into the uh the trade season you know get ahead of it because regardless of the trade or not I think the expectations and the pressure more importantly was going to alter post-All-Star break. And I think using Lindholm as the signal, and also just a physical force, like an actual really good player to help signal that change to the the team, to the Vancouver Canucks, is going to allow this change. Because it is different. It is different. Let's talk about it. That core, not, not, not only have they not been here before, you know, not been at the top of the standings, not have had fun playing hockey in a long time. Dude, they've never had the pressure on them. Even in the bubble play, you know, they never had the pressure on them. This is Like, literal pressure, real pressure. Everyone is coming after you. Everyone is playing their best game ahead of you, okay? You're not the surprise of the league anymore. So, can they handle it? I think they can, and I'm looking forward to them doing so against some quality teams.
1: Well, here's the thing, right? Again, it's it's cliche, but, you know, every good team's got to go through adversity, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Kyle, you kind of mentioned it, man. You're a a smart mofo, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Canucks went through that adversity really early in the season, right? After, you know, another terrible start under Boudreaux. Um, a terrible start the season before terrible start the season before it was three years with this same core going through terrible starts. So I think there was a ton of pressure on this team to get mm-hmm. it right this season, because there's nothing else you can change except the but players. The, the, to change the, the pressure is different. The pressure is different, but I guess my yeah. point is that they'd been through that pressure. Okay. Right? They, like They've been I, I felt that pressure as a fan, you know, mm-hmm. like this team has mm-hmm. got to get it
0: going. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the pressure is definitely like the amount of it could be the same, but, the, it's it's a different attack coming from the pressure when you're kind of having the doubt from turning into a bottom dweller to an actual competitive team to, oh, you guys are the best team in the league. You guys are Stanley Cup favorites. I've, I've seen so many posts these days talking about how the Canucks are Stanley Cup favorites. You know, they're the best team in the league. And it's funny to me because I know Lindholm was the number one trade target and they got him and it kind of signals the change of the train of thought amongst hockey onlookers across the league. But, bro, here's another reason why I think we can handle the pressure. Bro, like, we've been first place the whole season. The whole season. You're talking about adversity? Yeah, people think that we haven't faced that, but this market gets loud. They were winning one, losing one for pretty much 30 days. And how did they bounce off of that when people were like, oh, this PDO thing, I told you it's going to catch up. What do they do? They, they went undefeated in regulation in January. The Vancouver Canucks are really, really good, and they just got better. And I, I want to bring this up too. I know we don't want to talk too much about the All-Star break, but again, magic is in the air. <laughs> I don't think I'm speaking too early. I'm just seeing these things. Yeah, it's hard to handle the pressure and the change of pace and the expectations and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's different, especially here in Vancouver. But six of those guys were in Toronto together Rick with Rick Tockett. Bro, you don't think they were talking about this ish? They're ahead of it. Everything is lining up for the Vancouver Canucks to be, ha- to, to be able to handle not only being Stanley Cup favorites, but prepare to, to actually get there. And man, oh man, the road to June, it starts now.
1: I love it, man. Were you uh, were you wanking it off while the Canucks were playing the All-Stars game then? Or no, what? I
0: wasn't, but I like that photo of the six players. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's gangster, bro. That's gangster. Speaking of the players, okay, look at Dingbat. I'm deciding if I want a JT Miller jersey, a Quinn Hughes jersey, or an Elias Patterson jersey, bro. I hope money comes your way, a lot of money, so you can get all of those jerseys. That being said, uh, who's the Canucks MVP so far? Because I think that decides who, who, what jersey this guy's going to get. I think yeah, it's point.
1: Yeah, I said last week I think it's Patterson, um, but I didn't mention that I've kind of flip-flopped between those three and Demko throughout the season. But you know, you look at the month that Patterson just had in January. Yeah, he had some off games. We had 14 goals in 13 games, and um, I just feel like when Patterson is at his best and yeah, I feel like he's been at his best for a good chunk of the season yeah I, I'm I'm leaning Patterson um, but I think every player every player on the other they are up, their ups and downs but you know PD for me is is really good an MVP case <laughs>
0: dude get a Rick talker jersey man that guy's a that guy's a legend okay uh, Mr. Whale also commented. we got some good games coming up uh, we just mentioned those teams um you know the Carolinas the Avalanches I think Callum Sandu mentioned Winnipeg as well Dude, it's all happening. Uh Vancouver's going to feel like Vancouver again. You're going to get off work early to watch these games. You're not going to work that overtime because you got something to do, and that's live your life watching Canucks games. I'm happy, man. I'm happy, happy for the people, dude. It's back, bro. Yeah. It's back, and I, I don't. Again, I'm. Well, you, is the word bullish? I just, I just, I don't think yeah. I'm talking out of my ass. I see, I see a fun team here, a charismatic team, a star-studded team led by Rick Tockett, Alvin, Rutherford, something's in there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, quickly before we get to break, two things. You you mentioned not here much with the PDO. I think what makes the Canucks so dangerous, and to me what makes them close to being a Stanley Cup favorite almost, is that mix of quality finishers and actually controlling possession, right? Like a team like mm-hmm. the Carolina Hurricanes, the Los Angeles Kings, have been possession beasts for a long time, but they haven't necessarily, necessarily had the finishing talent to finish. Um now, the Canucks, on the other hand, have been just kind of capitalizing on opportunities, but not necessarily controlling possession. But we kind of saw in January, mm-hmm. and this is kind of trending upwards in December. Mm-hmm. Now, they're controlling possession, and they're finishing on their chances. Like, that is a lethal combination. You had mm-hmm. that with an improved defense and one of the best goalies in the league, and again, yeah. you never know what's going to happen come playoffs. But to me, the Canucks should be a Stanley Cup favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the schedule, yeah, good games with Carolina-Boston. But I'll tell you what, the, the three opponents I'm looking forward to seeing the Canucks play the most on the stretch are in the Western Conference. The Jets, who they haven't played yet. The Colorado Avalanche, who they lost their only game to, and Vegas, who they also lost their only game They look bad against so, both those
0: teams. They look bad. Let's admit it. They look bad against both those teams.
1: But that, that Colorado game was at least close. The Vegas game was trash. That Colorado game at least was close, and they were pushing in the latter half until mm-hmm. those give, gave away one to the card's goal.
0: And to your point, which, you know, it's based on all facts, The Canucks in late December and in January have played a lot, a lot better. Like, this is the way you want to be playing going into games against Colorado and Vegas, teams that are highly skilled and more experienced than you and got more swagger than you. Even when the Canucks were winning games and doing their thing in November and whatnot, like facing those teams, it was always going to be tough because there was still so much room for this team to improve on. And on that note, still a lot of room to improve on. For the vancouver canucks talking a company they're not going to be complacent uh, trevor alluded to the fact that the title of this video was what the vancouver canucks haven't proven anything yet yo they keep they keep saying that they keep saying that based on the little trade and our expectations bro they really haven't proven anything yet anyways begs who we shouting out before we get to the other side i know you're gonna do a deep dive on the lineups excited for that uh yeah who, who's giving us who's giving us the love on lockdown canucks
1: well first and foremost the listeners are always giving us the love but also sleepers
0: giving us the love today.
1: Hey, we're a little past the halfway point of the season. Good
0: up fans. Life
1: is good baby. You can make make your life even better. It's going and playing some daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the locked on NHL network. Sleeper is my number one choice for daily fantasy fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, or Nils Amon will record more or less than the Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Canucks fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code NHL. See Sleeper's Terms Reviews for details and locational availability. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, we back on Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. And you and you and you and you here on the YouTube Live are listening to the program, sending us love. Uh, shout out to our podcast listeners as well. Uh, we wouldn't be here without, again, you and you and you and you. Speaking of which, uh, one of the greatest fans in the program, okay? A polarizing fan, okay? For real. Because I think he loves the show, and I think he also hates the show as well, okay? For obvious reasons. Sometimes we're not a family show, okay? Jay, telling us. Uh, what happened to what? What happened to this team being uh, this show being a family show? I don't know. Things happen. We start talking and things happen. And how about this one? This one's an important one, okay? Elias and Elias on the same line, okay? I think we've been calling Elias Lindholm the wrong name because he's been commenting this a lot, Jay. That is, and I believe it's Elias if Jay is right, right? So it's Elias Lindholm and Elias Patterson. Can we, dude? Imagine people called you the wrong. What if people called you Travis, okay? Hey, you, Travis. All
1: the time, and I, and I never correct them. I don't really care. <laughs> I told you this story, I'll tell it now. But Dan, hey, a couple how's it going, Travis Bongs? You're Travis, right? Travis Bongs. That, that name's kind yeah. of sick, actually. I like Travis Bongs. You know? Uh, no, I, I've uh, Kyle, I've told you this off air, but uh, you know, I, I've I've met Dan Riccio a couple times covering Canucks games, and he always calls me Travis, and I just never correct him. Hey, yeah, Travis, how's it going? I'm like, ah, oh, Dan's going great. <laughs> I don't care, man, it's all good. I'm not too Hashtag bad. Maybe Travis that's why. Maybe that's why my, my pronunciation is good, like 80 percent of the time. But, but yeah, to Jay's point, I, I watched an interview, like this interview from five years ago, where uh, Elias Lindholm is, uh, uh or sorry, uh, Elias. Elias Lindholm, Elias what? Lindholm. Oh my god, Elias He's Lindholm, come it, man. on, man, you yeah, suck, Elias man. Lindholm and Elias Pedersen, man, unbelievable. Anyways, that's how yeah. they said that they pronounce each other's names. So yeah, That's <laughs> what it is.
0: Anyways, man. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the line though. You talk. Let's talk about Pedersen. Let's talk about McCabe. Let's talk about Lindholm playing together. Um. Uh, why do you think that's going to work outside of them just being, you know, star players, good players? Like, what well, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, what's the way you see this line executed, predicted?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think, you know, you dig into Lynn numbers and the guy has proven that he can play with elite talent and specifically Johnny Goudreau, right? You look at his performance with Johnny Goudreau, who is a playmaker from the left wing and he found ways Ooh. just to find uh, Elias Lindholm in the soft spots at the ice, right? So I think it's a matter of Lindholm just getting open in the slot and okay. Pedersen kind of working his magic and feeding the puck to him now. Uh, I, I see right now it's it's Mikheyev, uh Pedersen, and Lindholm on what was line two at practice, Suter-Miller-Bestridge. Who's playing center? Who's playing center? Rush. I'm
0: guessing it's they Lindholm, had, right?
1: They had Pedersen at, at center on okay. these line rushes, okay. but, which to me makes sense, I think. In terms of faceoffs, you probably want either Pedersen or Lindholm taking face-offs on their strong side. But in terms of how they're deployed when they're actually skating in the zone, I think Pedersen is basically going to play center and Lindholm will play uh, right wing there. So to me, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just... I think Lindholm's got to get open, right? I, I know he mm-hmm. can be a playmaker as well. He, he might have moments to find Pedersen on the ice. Now, to me, what I really would like to see in the long term is Huglander on this line. I just think he's earned the opportunity... I think you have Lindholm who can be a dec- decent, playmaker. hoglander has got some good mitts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind Hoglander on the fourth, fourth line. I don't think it's a bad thing, but Kyle, maybe tell me your thoughts. Like, no, I do like you it. prefer Hoaglander on the fourth line or do you want to see him with Pedersen? Give me an all Swedish line, man. Come on. The yeah. Keep a mattress, baby.
0: I know. I want, I want to see that. And I think it may take a few games for that to happen. And if, That actually does happen. That means that the Lindholm acquisition hasn't really been firing on all cylinders, right? If they're rushing to a change, right? Realistically speaking, which isn't the best thing as well. But one thing I think is obvious so far this season is maybe surprising to some, but our fastest player isn't Mikheyev this season. It's actually Niels Hoaglander. And like the way he's playing, like maybe sometimes Lafferty too, you know? I just feel like Hoaglander, I guess in simpler terms, Hoaglander is quicker than Mcayev this season and I want to see that element with those two. It would be dynamic at points. Now again going back to what I said earlier, right? If we actually see this happen sooner than later, that means the second uh, the second line or this other first line isn't working out. Uh, Mcayev, Patterson and Lindholm blah blah blah. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's be positive here, okay? W- what does Mikhaev have to do to a, stay on this line and B, just ramp it up here. Uh, was this a Kuzmenko thing holding him back? Blah, blah, blah. Like, they like, have a big second half of the season coming up.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think he's got to prove a bit in all areas. Like, I think defensively, he hasn't been as crisp. I don't think he's been as noticeable or as much of a hound on pucks in the offensive zone. Uh-huh. There you go. Like, transition wise, like, there's nothing really special about his game. So, mm-hmm. I see in, in all facets, to be honest with you, he's. Mm-hmm doing all the things, or is doing all the things that he's really not doing. Maybe not so, not as much defensively, although is facing much softer matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, oh man, I think McCabe's got to prove that he's got, mm-hmm. got some offensive zone, right? Whether it's getting to the net. Maybe he's the guy going to the net. I think Lindholm's more of a guy who's going to score in the slot. is wow. the guy who's going to pound it, rebound from, in front of the net. Um, but just be involved in plays, man. It just has yeah. been way too silent, way too quiet lately. Um, so yeah, it's. I don't know if that's a crystal clear answer, but no, no, no it is. It, it is, is, is more of all I think, parts of his game.
0: I think being more of a wrecking ball to free up pucks for Patterson and Lindholm to kind of create from would be a good starting point. And I think McKay still has an opportunity to be that guy, but I wonder how long of a leash he's going to get. I mean, the Vancouver Canucks are play two really good teams off the jump right after an all-star break. You never know what's going to happen. You're playing two really good teams. The Canucks could get their ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Like, things can happen, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say the fourth period of this two-game set between Carolina and Boston is still going on, and the Canucks are struggling. I would not be surprised if Rick Tockett moves up a player in Hoaglander to that second line, A, because you need a spark, and B, in recent history, I know the Canucks have been uh, winning a lot playing with leads, but Tockett has given Hoaglander more chances in the third period when there's less than 10 minutes left in the game. I think that trust is growing. And more importantly, Hoaglander is getting it. Like he's getting it. Yeah, he's understanding.
1: yeah for sure. I, I, although there's one other thing I'll nitpick with here. Now I'll talk a bit about the power plays when we're talking about lines, but it uh, looks like power play one right now is Lindholm net front. Again, uh, Thomas Grant supporting. Lots of movement on the power play, but basically mm-hmm. it looks like Lindholm net front, Besser, Miller, Pedersen, and Hughes. So no real surprises there. Curious to see what that looks like. And yeah, this is a nitpick, but power play two, you have Suter, Makayev, Lafferty, Garland, and Heronic. Again, Still. to me, it's like why is why is Hooglander not on power play two? To me, that makes no sense. Like, how is Makayev deserving to be here above Hugliner? Again, it's a, it's a small nitpick that that unit doesn't see a lot of ice time, but to me, that does make a lot of sense.
0: Like, why is Lafferty on the power play? Well, you don't need Lafferty and Makayev on a power play, you know? Yeah. But that so, being said, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna talk much longer about power play unit number two.
1: Yeah, no, we'll get
0: longer than my, you know, my time on attack. When making love these days, but you know what? I just turned 30 and a half Uh years old. You can't, you can't blame me. It's an adjustment. I got to get used to it too. You know, like how we're saying there's new expectations post all-star break. uh, The, the Lindholm trade, the narrative's different. Uh, The Canucks, you haven't proven anything yet because the new goal in the moment is the Stanley cup. Dude, when I turned 30, 30 and a half years old or 30 years old, everything changed. And my performance changed, and I just got to get used to how to do that, right? It's a family show. I won't say it, but how to do that as a 30-year-old efficiently. And if I can do it efficiently, but, you know, with the other person. I know what
1: they say. We, we we keep talking about being a JT Miller fan because, like, 30-year-olds, they still have game. They still have yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you'll find it, man. You'll find it. I, mean, I, I believe I'm a 30-year-old with game still, but, I uh, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's not the truth, but yeah. you gotta be second guessing this. But let's 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 stop second guessing ourselves. Get to the final segment of the show. There's a guy I want to give a shout out to specifically today and not tomorrow. Uh so we'll do that on the other side. But first, I gotta shout out FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl. Hey, it's Super Bowl Ooh. week, baby. Let's go. Happy Super Damn. Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super
0: bets.
1: Okay, let's go. Uh, Kyle, do you see that one uh, thing about uh, Will Travis Kelsey proposed to Taylor Swift?
0: He ain't going to do it, man.
1: Come on. Yeah, these guys are just trying to take your money, man. But no worries. Well, I think that was FanDuel, actually. Uh, Anyways, let's keep going on. (laughs) FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you place a bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift proposal odds, I think. Uh, Which players will (laughs) score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Uh, New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. And hey, you know what? With that locked on check, if you like and subscribe, maybe Kyle can place a few bucks on Fanduel himself. Okay, let's go. Ooh.
0: Okay, okay, we back on an episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. Hit the like and subscribe button if you are loving the show and if you're new to the show and if you hate the show and you hate us, it's okay, man. We cheer for the Canucks, man. We're all Canucks and our team is first place. Who cares? It's not about us, Trevor. It's about the damn hockey team and the fans, man. It's just the truth. Speaking of the fans, okay, Elston, one of my favorites, says we back, baby. And I don't think he's alluding to – uh like locked on being back. It's Monday, you know, your team every day, blah, blah, blah. I think he's just alluding to, you know, the Canucks being back. Like I missed the Vancouver Canucks. I'm not gonna front. Yeah. I missed them a lot. And I'm so fuck I'm so grateful. I'm a swore there. I'm so grateful, man. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> this is this is life, baby. I feel like myself. Look at my smile. Dude, the hockey team is good again. It's not fake. It's not fake news. It's real news. And we just made the biggest trade of the year to bring in the biggest guy on the trade list. That's something else, man. That's something else. How about this one, okay, from Sami shows? He says I think the best thing to come out of the NHL All-Star weekend is uh, for the Canucks is that all the other teams are still underestimating them. I don't think that's the truth. I don't think that's the truth. They're not underestimating them. That that ain't happening and I don't I think the NHL media, aka the NHL universe is no longer underestimating the Vancouver Canucks because again, I've seen a lot of people talking about the Vancouver Canucks being the best team in the league. Oh, they were the best team in the league prior to this Elias Lindholm trade. Dude, the narrative is different around this team.
1: Yeah, it sure is, and uh, like we kind of said off the top here, we're gonna we're gonna find out what this team is made of over the finals or over the next mm-hmm. stretch here. Again, I'm I'm really curious to see the Avs, Golden Knights, and Jets games in particular. But uh, just to run through the gamut here: Canucks at Hurricanes tomorrow, Bruins Thursday. Then a bit of an easier stretch of the Red Wings are in the playoffs. They played Red Wings, Capitals, Blackhawks, Red Wings, and then it's Jets, Wild, Avalanche, Kraken, Bruins. Um, so uh, I, I can't wait, man. I can't wait for the Canucks hockey to be back. I did mention the Carolina hurricanes and, uh, they're going to play them tomorrow. And that's, uh, the guy home giving a shout out to and the cam, Neely, former Canuck of the week. And the cam Neely, former Canuck of the week for this week is Jalen Chatfield, baby. And Whoa. the reason I want to shout him out today specifically is because I don't want to give this guy any love on the day where we actually play the Carolina hurricanes, which is tomorrow 4. PM. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to give him love for just continuing to be a presence in the NHL, man. This guy, again, left the organization. I think Canucks fans at the time were like, yeah, whatever. Who is this guy? He played a handful of games that bubble season. Mm-hmm. And he's become a regular on one of the best blue lines in the NHL. Not only has he become a regular, like he proved himself last season. He was playing games for this team as they went to the conference final. Um, but Jalen Chatfield was a seventh defenseman this season. Uh, you know, the, the Hurricanes acquire Orloff and Tony D'Angelo. And then all of a sudden he's out of a job. Jalen Chatfield has pushed Tony D'Angelo out of a job. Tony D'Angelo, who was making $5 bucks a season last year, you know? Damn. Uh, Jalen Chatfield is, again, making pretty much league minimum right now. Uh, but Jalen Chatfield has played 43 games, four goals, nine assists, and 13 points. He has bumped Tony D'Angelo out of the lineup. Tony D'Angelo. has only played 21 games for the Carolina Hurricanes. So suck on wow. that, Tony D'Angelo. Known as one of the biggest D-bags in hockey. And he's been bumped Dude. out of a job by former Canuck Jalen Chatfield.
0: Yeah, man, and Carolina has played a lot better since the time that we played them, and kind of dominated them. They've flipped the script. They're one of the best teams in the league, ha- aren't they? Like over the last twenty games, because I looked at the standards. I was like, damn, they—they they got themselves back into some relevancy in comparison to the expectations for that team.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit tomorrow. Who knows? But they have been on a heater recently, 7-2 and one of their last 10. But Sebastian Aho in particular, I got him in fantasy hockey, but he's been absolutely killing it dude, lately. Why though. does he
0: hate Patterson, man? Watch the game tomorrow. He hates Patterson, man. I know he does because he's always going after him. Yo, dude, it's uh, it gets my blood boiling, okay, when people go after our best players. Hey, it gets my blood boiling just watching games again. And, again, got to end off the show with the comments, the people. Look at GV. I'm going to name my son GV, okay? I haven't watched this many straight games since the Cup run. The same feeling of excitement. It's not just excitement, man. I think more and more people are feeling like themselves again. This team, it's a big, big part of the fabric, right? Big part of the purpose of your life, okay? How about Callum Sandu? Change the name, man. Be real about it, okay? Change the name actually on YouTube, okay? Callum Sandu is saying it's fun to be a Vancouver Canucks fan again. um, And then we have. Disturbed, saying I'm excited, but going at it even keeled. I'm glad there's 16 games to see how it's going until the deadline. Damn, I wish I could. I wish I could be sometimes more like that, you know, more even keeled. Because you know, I'm super excited. We played 20 games. We traded for Zadorov. The thumbnail said cup or bust. You know, like we're like I've been dreaming about hitting the home run fourth base with the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, pretty much the whole season. I wish I could take it one game at a time, but I've always been like this. Like I'm talking, being a Canucks fan, we we got lucky. We got right into this during the West Coast Express. The expectations as we got into this relationship with the Vancouver Canucks was cup or bust. So anytime the team is good, why not be one to believe in magic going your way? And if that's the case again, the Canucks haven't gotten lucky yet. They just got to do their thing, continue to get better, play more games. Boom, bam. When the playoffs roll around, how come this team, this team, is one that can't get lucky? I can't come up with an answer. And if this team gets lucky, They're going to be playing in June.
1: Let's go. Uh, I I mean, not to end this way, but the reason they can't get lucky is because it's been 53 years of failure in this market. But it's got to change one of these days. Exactly.
0: Why not this year when nobody (laughs) thought it, like thought it was going to happen? Like this is so crazy, dude. 12 months ago, we're not thinking like this, dude. We're not thinking like, yo, we got to be competitive. Remember that term? Meaningful games. We just want meaningful games. Bro, we're not even thinking like that. We're not that far removed from it. it. A lot of weird things are happening. It's been a flip of the script, but when you look at reality, this team is stacked. They got high-end players and high-end leadership within the organization with the older individuals, right? Rutherford, Alvin, Tockett, Adam Foote, Sergey Gonchar. There's just, a, there's something different, okay, going on with the Vancouver Canucks. And for them to get to the promised land, maybe it had to be this way. Again, I'm talking way too early. Again, yo, Trevor, we'll end on this note. There you go, man. This is why I'm Premature blah blah blah, all the time because I'm just getting way ahead of it. I'm getting, I gotta slow my Ooh. roll. Okay, take it one day at a time, one stroke, at one, one moment at a time, one game at a time. Trevor, sign us out.
1: Hey, the Canucks got Kyle too excited on life, but that's okay, baby, because they are the best team in the NHL, and you know. That we got you covered here for all of the goods on Locked On Connect. So, shout out to the everydayers, listeners, the first time listeners, the new subscribers. Hey, we got over 1,500, man. That means a lot, Ooh, man. I cried. We made it, man. I cried. I cried this dude, weekend, man. On, on dude, that I top told my, my mom,
0: I was like, yo, don't worry about the mortgage, baby. Don't worry about <laughs> the mortgage. I got y'all.
1: There we go. There we go. We love each and every one of you, your families, and your dogs too. Uh, coming up later this week, getting back into the games, okay? Let's go. Uh, we will also talk about like, what the Canucks might do with the deadline as well, whether it's Tanem, whether it's somebody else. We'll have you covered for trade rumors, news, analysis, games, all that fun stuff, and just here for a goddamn good time, okay? But we got to get out of here. So for now, I'm Trevor Banks That guy,
0: that guy is Kyle Bowen, and you've been <laughs> listening to Locked On Canucks. One love, one love. Peace out. Your Locked
1: On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks.